actually uh, set some goals and, and put some things in place that we've been wanting to, to do in your life as God looks at some changes. And it also gives us an opportunity uh, today because we had our first church service up in Kalamazoo with a new plant that we started this morning. So that's, that's good. So there's several people that have uh, uh, decided to commit themselves. There's 34 people that had committed to go up to Kalamazoo and start a church plant there at the Alamo. And uh, they had that, seen some pictures on Facebook, and, and uh, looked like they're having a good time. Uh, but there was also several uh, church family members that went up there to show support uh, today, and Pastor Don and Lisa were one of them. Uh, they will be back next week, and Nancy and I will be uh, going up there. The elders are on a rotation, so you'll see uh, one of us elders gone uh, each Sunday. It's not because we're backsliding. Uh, we're we're uh, on a rotation to, to go up to Kalamazoo and just to, to be there to show support for the uh, church plant. And that's something that uh, we didn't uh, necessarily have when we were when we planted church. So in honor of the fresh start uh, that we have with the new church plant today, I thought it would take the time to, uh, to walk through some, some history of our church's first beginning. When we started going through that, in order, to, in order to do that, then I need to go back and go through some of Nancy and I's uh, personal belongings, dirty laundry, uh, story. And so for some of you that have never heard uh, of this, um, I apologize. No, I don't. It's, it's, a great, it's a great story. And so this is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to because, number one, I've only had about four hours of sleep in two days. And number two, I, I think like an engineer, and so I put together timelines uh, uh, like an engineer would and so, um, and I'm going to mix Scripture inside of this as we do, uh, as I share this. And so, I'm hoping that you can just follow along. That's my goal. Scripture for today I want is in Isaiah chapter 43, uh, verses 18 through 19. And I'm going to start off by uh, reading that. Do not... Remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask that you would use it now to bring forth your fresh start in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes... In life, we go through seasons, and sometimes we go through things where we're actually, uh, we've, we've fallen, or maybe we've, we've had some bad things happen in our life, we screwed up, um, and the devil wants to remind us of that on a regular basis to the point where we think that our past disqualifies us for our future. Oh, I can't do that. I can't be on the worship team because, well, I've been divorced. I can't be on the worship team. I could never preach because, well, I've had sin in my past. But, you know, God doesn't think that way. I mean, just think about Paul. Uh, he was, Saul was out persecuting Christians, and yet God used him mightily 
and changed his name to Paul so that he could spread the gospel. He wrote most of the New Testament. So God uses people and changes people. Think of uh, Mary Magdalene. She had, she had seven demons cast out of her. But she was the first person that Jesus seen and talked to when he, he rose from the dead. You know, Jesus used people that in the past had issues. And that's why he used Nancy and I. Mary Magdalene was an apostle to the apostles. She was, she was in, in a position where she was serving. It says she was one of the women that was actually a giving of their own, of their own goods to help the disciples back then. So a woman that would be looked down and despised is lifted up by the Lord because he set her free. And she became a follower. Jesus, he had, she had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus transformed her life. Amen? That's what Jesus likes to do. So sometimes the enemy likes us to think that our past disqualifies us for our future. We lie on a pile of self-pity and condemnation, and we feel like damaged goods. But Jesus changes everything you know it seems like we're the we're the hardest on ourselves at times when we mess up and and we can't forgive ourselves we can forgive other people but we can't forgive ourselves but you know god forgives everyone so does that place us over above god we need to forgive ourselves and move on back in high school which was just a couple years ago um it seems like. Speaking of high school, I, I just got a letter from the school that my 1979 football team is being inducted into the Centerville's Hall of Fame on uh, J- January 30th. Yeah. We were co-champs that year in, in the league. We should have we gone into the, uh, into the playoffs, but uh, White Pigeon had a teacher strike, and so we couldn't play the game with White Pigeon until the end of the season, and then we end up beating them, and we would have been in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, at Centerville, you got to celebrate uh, potentially going into the playoffs, not, not actually winning state titles. <laughs> Hopefully that will change. But anyway, in high school, I was, I was uh, athletic. My wife and I were both athletic, um, but, uh, when, um, but uh, I uh, also uh, was uh, a partier and uh, smoked pot and drank and was very rebellious. And uh, in college, I gave my heart fully to the Lord and and uh, struggled one area. And it wasn't until my fourth year in college that uh, uh, Nancy, I got Nancy pregnant, and we uh, we decided we we should probably get married. We thought that would probably be the right thing to do. I felt like um, not a lot of people gave us much hope. They didn't they didn't think we was going to survive much. Uh, but God had other plans, amen? And he kept saying to, to me, you guys are messing it all up. I've got plans with, for you now. You need to get on with it. Well, this past Monday, Nancy and I celebrated 30 years of marriage. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, you should clap for her putting up for me with me for 30 years. But, you know, it's been a great 30 years. It's, been, it's flown by. It's hard to, it's hard to imagine. And... You know, we got grandkids and all the, all the toys and everything. 
all the cribs and all that stuff we used to, we gave away, and now we've got to buy and get back again. Uh, but it's, it's great. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. But uh, we humbled ourselves before our 400-member church and, uh, and asked for forgiveness, and we received a lot of forgiveness, and it was, it was wonderful. Um, it was not easy. We started out on the food stamps, lived in her mom and dad's basement, uh, had Medicaid, paid for Josh getting born, and worked with my dad in the summertime, and then uh, you know finished my uh, last year of college, got my engineering degree, and you know, we didn't have much, but we had the Lord, and we had our family, and we had our friends, and uh, each other, and that was, that was really all we needed. God gave us everything we needed, and the church family was so supportive. When we would go to church, we'd go in our mailbox, and on occasion, we'd, we'd look, and there'd be an envelope with a $50 bill or a $100 bill in there, and I mean, you talk about motivation to want to get to church. There you go. They knew what they were doing. But well, we had a lot of support, and uh, we understand humble beginnings. In James 4.10, it says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And that's exactly what God did. Uh, the day that we asked for forgiveness, we went to sit down in, in the congregation, and the uh, pastor stopped everything. And said, would you like to respond? And, and one after another after another, people came and we moved out into the aisle. And, and they just came by and said, I forgive you. Gets me every time. Thirty years later. was so powerful. And God was just speaking that forgiveness person after person after person after person. I got your back. I support you. And that's what he wants. He wants to do that. There's so many in this world that need that. There's so many that are dying and going to devil's hell. There's so many that don't know the love of Jesus. And we need to be his hands and feet. We need to be generous people. And we need to show the love of God. We need to pass it forward. He's blessed you, hasn't he? Well, we can't be hoarders. You ever see that show? Hoarders. Make you sick. You can't hardly walk through some of those, those houses. We can't hoard that. We can't hoard the love of God. Come on, let's give it away. Let's give it away. I, I wouldn't plan on saying any of that. That's all free. All right. And uh, Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise the days of small beginnings. We started off with nothing. <laughs> and so we appreciated everything. We went to the supermarket. Back then, you had to have uh, stamps. You had to pull your stamp off. You had to fill your pad, and then you turn your pad, your, your stamp pad in, and that's how you, got, you paid for your food when you're on the food stamp program. Uh, and every time you do that, they kind of just look at you. And it's like, you know, it was there for, for a season, 
and it, it, it's, it was meant to help, and it did. Our granddaughter, Avonlea, is just starting to walk. It's fun to, fun to see as she's taking some steps, and um, she just stands there, and then she'll fall. And, you know, when she falls, we don't go, come on, I can't believe you didn't go any farther than that. We don't mock her. Is that the best you can do? Why don't you just try running? No, we, we say, oh, that was so good. Get up, let's see you do it again. We lift her back up, and she falls again. We lift her back up, and, and she just keeps doing it. And that's what God wants. He wants us to take a few steps. He says, great job. Now get up, do it again. Come on, take it. You're doing it. You're doing it. He doesn't want us to sit in that pile and, of self-condemnation. He says that he has forgiven us as far as the east is from the west and removed our transgressions from us. We are new creations in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. And so that's what a fresh start feels like. God gave Nancy and I a fresh start, and we took it, and we never looked back. The only time we looked back was to to see how far we had come. God was good. He was faithful to us. And we plugged ourselves into a Bible study, a home group, and and we really grew with other couples, young couples. And we encourage you to do that. We have life groups here. And we encourage you to get plugged into a life group. It's hard um, as the church grows. That was one of the problems we ran into is it's hard for the pastor and elders to touch everybody and know what's, everything that's going on. And believe me, if, if you don't let us know that you're in the hospital, uh, we may not know. Uh, I mean... We, we like to stay close to God, but I don't know if we're that close to have those, those words of knowledge. And so we catch, try to catch stuff on Facebook. And, 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 and this year, help me out a little bit. If you, uh, if you got something that you want added to the newsletter that I sent out, if you don't get emails, uh, but you'd like to, uh, somebody's sick or somebody's having surgery or, or, or whatever, let me know. And I try to put those out by Wednesday night. So if you want to just let me know, send me an email, that'd be great. So we plugged in this Bible study, and we were, and before we knew it, we were leading it. And Reuben and Adela Chupp had uh, uh, went into seminary and went into the ministry. So we did that for eight years. It was a good eight years. Mom and Dad, we they watched the kids all the time. We'd bring the kids over, and they would have them, have them there. And, and then we would come and pick them out of bed and, and take them home. And then later on, I realized that uh, most of the time the kids were awake and they were making me carry them anyway. I cut Josh. He was old enough. Should have got up. But uh, we appreciate that very much now as we realize how much effort that is. Um, but we had a fresh start. We enjoyed it. And uh, the, the last year of our uh, leadership, we had up to 30 people. I remember being Jerry's house. We had up to 30 people at one time in our Bible study. And it's like, this is crazy. All these hungry Mennonites gathering around learning about charismatic things. And, and we, were, we were learning a lot, of, a lot of different things. That was, uh, that we didn't necessarily learn that. We learned a lot of basics, a lot of good foundational teaching at the Mennonite church. That was where we grew up. And it was a, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. And my dad and, and uh, Randy Chuff were leading uh, had done some some teaching on evangelism explosion, and so we were seeing people getting saved, and and we had to find a place to put them. So we put them in a home, and and started doing some some uh, training that way. And 
Bible studies, and it just kept growing. And so it was really a good thing. And uh, we, Firm Foundation had a fresh start, and that began uh, as our pastor, Jay Ulrich, and his, and his wife, Andrea, had come to Locust Grove Mennonite Church. We were praying as a Bible study. We were praying for a God-filled uh, man, a Holy Spirit-filled man that would come and teach about the, the Holy Spirit and some of these things. And um, we prayed Jay right in. We were excited about that. And they were there a couple years, and then they, were, um, they came from Illinois, and they were getting ready to step down. So three different pastors had said to Jay, why don't you consider starting something new? And here he'd come all the way from Illinois to, to come to, to Michigan. He was considering going to CFC and just helping Glenn Middleton. He had, and he had connected with Glenn Middleton. Glenn was one of those guys, one of those pastors that said, why don't you, why don't you start something new in Centerville? So Jay and Andrew had been to our Bible study a few times, so they asked Nancy and I, would, would you consider uh, helping us start something new in Centerville? Well, Centerville is our hometown. We always wanted to give back to the community. We said, sure, we will. He said, well, how about your Bibles? Do you think everybody would come? We said, well, we don't know if everybody will come, but we'll ask. So we started on October 6, 1996. We, we a, pulled our money together and, and rented the FOP out of East uh, uh, Centerville here. And uh, it had 47 uh, people joined us that Sunday. It wasn't a... It wasn't a planning like we are doing now. Uh, we didn't have any financial support. We didn't have a group of elders that were giving the support. Uh, we didn't have uh, leaders going up to going to the church with us. Uh, we were pretty much on our own, starting something from scratch. Matter of fact, we 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 even had to make some tough decisions on getting on the Mennonite denomination and, and being non-denominational. We connected with uh, Art Good and Foundation Ministries through Glenn, and we had to start everything. It was, it was crazy. Never done that before. Anybody ever started a church before? Not a one. But we had several here that was there that first year that we were at the FOP, and we, we experienced the presence of God at times. Matter of fact, Eddie and Anne Renee, they came from Brazil on their honeymoon and they they stopped at our church at the FOP and they led worship. And they 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 led it. Uh, Eddie didn't know anything in English back then. Uh, and they did some Portuguese songs and the presence of God just fell upon us and we we were end up with our faces to the floor and the presence of God was so strong. And they had commented before, if they ever come back to America, they'd like to come to that church. And here they are. They've been here for 15 years. And God has been very good to us. So he was with us every step of the way. The first year was a year of healing and a lot of work. How many charter members do we have that was here at uh, the first year of Firm Foundation? Look at that. We got a few. We still got a few. So we got some faithful people. And that's what we had. We had faithful people. Now, some of you, there's a lot of you that never have seen the inside of the FOP building. And you've probably never seen it 
when we had to set up all the chairs and well let's let's roll a video i took a video of it on the last sunday that we were going to be there just before as we were setting up and i want you to see this Roger Linda. Roger Penrose with hair. Strong man. Sterling McConney. Neff. Need to set up those chairs every week. Elden. Had the Schwartz family sound system we set up. Twenty-seven in there, one on service. Jerry, Donna, and Cindy. Donna was on Jerry. There's Jerry with hair. Sterling McConnie. an idea of what we started with and you know again don't despise the days of small beginnings we didn't know what it was going to look like we just knew that we needed to to start something and God was with us every step of the way now I got a a timeline here and this this uh, is basically the average weekly attendance from 1996 through the end of 2014. Uh, and uh, you see it all the way to the left, it, it starts off with uh, 47, I think, or whatever it is. A little bit, up, it's average for that month, 50-something. 50, 50 and uh, we actually moved to the Seventh-day Adventist building, October 5th, 1997. That was a big move for us. Pastor Jay had uh, made connect connections with the Seventh-day Adventists. They, they had church on Saturday. We, we offered to rent it from them on Sunday. And uh, I think he was getting tired of setting up chairs. It worked out great. It worked out great. It wasn't much bigger, but it provided uh, a little bit more of a, a I don't know, secure uh, feeling. It was, had uh, softer chairs. And things were set up. We still had to set up our, our, we had to bring our drums in. We set up our sound. 
Uh, there was still some setting up that needed to be done to work between two different churches using the same stuff. Uh, Seventh-day Adventists were, were worked really well for us for nine years, and so we rented from them for that period of time. And we also enjoyed uh, a lot of the leadership gatherings of Foundation Ministries in Napanee and, and later on down in Fort Wayne. Uh, we learned a lot. It was a good time of growing. And <clears throat> But that church building could only hold maybe 135 or something like that. It was pretty, pretty small for us. And uh, it took us a while to even get a sign to put up. We, we, they finally let us put a sign up, but we had to cover it up all week long, and then we could uncover it on Sundays. And we just recently replaced it. It was the one that was out front here. We brought it over. And we have the new electronic sign that's up and, and uh, came just in time because the other one blew down. <laughs> but uh, we, we purchased 10 acres of land uh, during that time. In March 2001, we paid off $65,300 worth of the, for this land, 10 acres here, in 10 months. And uh, it was amazing. Mike was going back and there was, we took some money out from the church or from the uh, as a loan, and then we asked the church members if they would like to give us some money, and we used the church money. We had a couple, uh, must have been 10-year-olds, that gave $100 that would be paid back, but we, we paid all that back in about 10 months. It was amazing. We have a lot of good givers in this church body, and God has blessed us uh, repeatedly because of their faithfulness in giving. So the promise was looking very good. The future was looking pretty promising. <laughs> The future was looking promising. However, how many people know that when you're doing good things, it seems like when you're doing good things for God, that the enemy paints a target on your back. And it seems like bad things seem to happen for some reason. And God allows it because he knows that through that, the good will come out of it. And, and, but at the time, <laughs> it sure don't feel very good. Well, this week, it reminded me of uh, some of the stuff, because Nancy and I were 32. She was 32, and I was 33 when we started, which is appropriate, because Jesus laid down his life for his church as well. Full of energy, full of life, and 30s were a blur, I believe. But in uh, 96, we started, and by March of 1997, I went from a strapping young, solid man to uh, having pneumonia. And I never had pneumonia before in my life. I couldn't believe that I had had this, and it put me down for two weeks, and I thought I was going to die. Matter of fact, I found out after I got through that that there was a couple young people in our area that had died from pneumonia. And so it was a pretty deadly disease. We went through a lot of stuff. Um, we, had reject, we were rejected by friends. Uh, we had issues at church. Uh, later on, we had issues at work, at school. Uh, the only thing going right was our, our marriage, <laughs> which was a blessing. We had problems with our kids. Uh, Nancy lost a baby, um, which was really hard. Um, one of the hardest things we went through, but we seen the church in action. There was a lot of difficulties personal challenges, and eventually we started going through a, a downswing. You can see the average starting to dip. And, and we started in 2002, 2003, we started struggling. We were, were kind of plateauing for a while, and then we, we lost some focus. 
Oops. Sorry about that. Get me back. There you go. And we had a hit a low point. One too many. Oh my. This this newfangled stuff. Just a second. Let me get there again. We had a low point. Average of sixty seven people. Between two months. We started with forty seven. In ninety six. And we got really low, and it was discouraging. Um, what we didn't know is our pastor, uh, Jay, was, uh, was going through a time of uh, feeling like he needed to transition out of the pulpit ministry, um, getting burned down. He lost uh, his parents. It was, it was difficult times for him. And the church needed to go to the next level, and it was like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have in relay races, you got those that start it and those that finish it. And you pass it on to the next, next person that takes it to the next level. And you can't have, uh, my, my son runs a 4 by 100 relay team. And, and um, you know, he's got people that uh, are the first runners. And the last runners are the really quick ones. And then you've got to have the, the two in between that are really good at, at hand, getting the hand off and passing it on to the next guy. And so you've got to have different people in, in life. And... Uh, so Jay and Andrea had gotten to a place where they were uh, needing to transition into something different. And so uh, that's where uh, Glenn, and Glenn Middleton was really helpful, and, and he had asked uh, Don and Lisa Smith to come up here but, uh, and was in a Bible study with them, a discipleship class, and Nancy and I were a part of that. Uh, I think John, you guys were a part of that too, Carlos, and and uh, so we got to know uh, Donna Lisa a little bit through that. But when you're going through difficult times in your life, you need to know Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty, because it can be encouraging. This is Jesus speaking, but this is the message version. I like the way this reads. Are you tired, worn out? And I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> I was. We were burned out at the time. We were tired. We were doing way too much. Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I think that sounds so, so refreshing. Especially rest sounds really good to me right now. But, you know, when you're going through difficult times, and I know some of you have been through change, and some of you have been through difficult times. We've had some that have lost loved ones over the holidays. Uh, I was on vacation. I, I don't know. I, I lost track. Three or four uh, funerals I had to go to. It was, it was a lot. Uh, some of you have been through divorce, and some, of, some have been through the relationships or uh, lost jobs. Some are going through sickness battles. Are you weary? Are you tired? The Lord says, come to me, and he will give you rest. It's a new day. It's a new season. 2015, it's a good opportunity. Today is the first Sunday of 2015. I'm glad that you came today. So our first inclination when we go through hard times and feel pain is to Pull back. 
That's what, that's what God designed our bodies. When you put a needle on your finger, you pull it back. When we feel emotional pain, we want to pull back. So we want to run from it. And sometimes you can't avoid it. And it's better, actually, to work through it. So our first inclination is to pull back away from people when people hurt us. Or when God lets us down to pull away from God because he didn't, he didn't come to our rescue and do our own thing. But we must resist that, and we must run to God, run to him. That's where we're going to find our strength. Acts 3, 19 through 20 says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. So, you remember those days when we repented and converted our lives to Christ and there was a season of refreshing. That is so good, church. It's so good. And we can't hoard that to ourselves. We have to tell others. So God starts something. He will complete it. He will complete what he begins. In Philippians 1, 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So back to the timeline here. God was speaking to us even in the midst of all this. Going through a difficult time, Nancy and I were in charge of the youth, and uh, we were also elders. Uh, we would work with the kids, and then we'd have fewer kids the next week, and then we'd have fewer kids, and we, and we find that, you know, I had to track down the parents and find out that parents were leaving. Well, uh, it's hard to work with youth, build a youth program when the parents are leaving. So it was discouraging. And we're thinking, well, what about all these things that you said, God? I thought you said you wanted to make this, you wanted to do something great here. And he began to speak to me in January 2003. So this is right down there is the end. That's December of 2003 when we're, we're hitting the lowest points. In January, he says, don't worry about the future of FFM. I have this also under control. Yes, my prophets have heard correctly. I want to do something big with you all, but big doesn't necessarily mean size. Making big impacts is hard to measure. FFM may touch the nations, but how do you measure that? The time I have coming is first to awaken the church and purify it, but then to get the harvest in. And then he says in August of 2003, it was short. He says, prepare for more, prepare for more, prepare for more. I said, we're downsizing, Lord, if you haven't noticed. God always speaks into a way that... Uh, that he sees the future, so he knows what's coming. October 2003, he said, uh, there's a plan that is now in motion. Go the distance, my son. Don't give up. Yes, times have been tough for you, but you will also see, run f so free. Watch and see. And I just couldn't see it. I mean, we were just like, we were trying to decide, should we just give up? And maybe, maybe we're the problem. Maybe we should just leave even though it was in our hearts to, to do this. And we, wanted, we didn't want to leave the people. I mean, those were our friends. That's who we were leading. Uh, and we said, where would we go anyway? What would we do? 
And then God gave me a longer word, and I began to see uh, a picture of what he was wanting to, to do on planet Earth. He says, Doug, I want to express my desires to drive FFM forward. There is a longing within my heart for them to hear me and walk with me. And this is August, again, of 2003. For this to happen, it will take a change of character, a change of position, and a change of heart. I see all that is going on at FFM, and I am not shaken. I know and am directing this whole thing. Don't worry. Just continue to pray and speak and move when I tell you. There is a time very soon approaching that would be like the clouds departing from the sky and the song, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. It will come to mind because that's what's going to happen. And some rain is going to fall. He says, I, I am doing a new thing across this land. And this should give us hope for the future right now. He said, things and circumstances and people all around are getting in position for the greatest awakening ever known to man. I walk with man and brought salvation, but not like what I'm preparing today. Get your chariots ready and feed your horses, for you'll be on the move quickly, and it will be fun. Oh, what joy you'll feel as people are set free. Oh, what fun you'll experience as the natives aren't restless anymore, and you can focus on your destiny with me. Here I come. Are you ready? And I said, no, I'm not ready. He said, it doesn't matter, my son, for I'm coming anyway. Prepare the church for my return. It will be soon, but there are so many that need me. I have been gathering the remnant to your shores. There are so many around. But when you hear that in the midst of despair and, and you don't see what's going, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, God had spoken through Art Good that we would be like, the church would be like a, a tent, big tent that has a center pole that has to be pulled, dug deep into the ground and that there would be ropes that go out in, into stakes that are out all over, kind of representing different churches that would be planning. And then... Uh, Bryn Franklin said that we would be like a watering hole to others who are thirsty, and we have. We have been a watering hole to so many that have come and have drink, drank of the, God's goodness and his refreshment, and then have gone on. Some have said it had been like a gas station, and that's been what Firm Foundation is. Some come, get charged, get pumped, and go, go back out into the community, and some back to their churches. Bryn Franklin also said that we would be like a strawberry plant, plant with runners extending out from the main plant going all over, kind of representing church plants. He said that we would need all 10 acres here and not to sell any of it. And we haven't. So we know that there's a plan for those 10 acres. And we're, we're trying to make plans that fit into that 10 acres. But you know, when you're going through difficult times, those, those don't make any sense. We were just trying to keep the, the one plant still moving forward, keeping it alive. And that was a, it doesn't look like a very big bleep on that uh, chart right there, but it, it was. It was a big bleep to us. So we have to trust God even when it doesn't make any sense. Maybe you're going through some difficult times right now. And it doesn't make any sense to you. 
But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with your, all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. That's our challenge. We need to trust God even when it doesn't make sense. So, Donna and Lisa joined us. They had their first service January 4th, 2004. And how fitting it is today on January 4th, 2015, uh, for them to be able to have their first service at the new facility in Kalamazoo. It's a real blessing for him. And it's, uh, his heart's desire was to plant churches. He's had it inside of him, but nobody would listen. Thought he was a young punk. And, uh, but Glenn had asked him to come up, and, and we went through the discipleship group together. And they came over as our guests just to see if God would be joining them to firm foundation. And uh, Glenn and the A-team had been working behind the scenes with, with Jane and Andrea and Donna Lisa. And they said yes. And so they started a, a transition uh, for three months. In March 28, 2004, uh, Pastor Don took the mantle, and uh, that was his birthday, and became our pastor. And it was a good transition. We actually grew through the transition. And then it started to speed up. And... Uh, we had saved money. We had saved uh, $100,000, I believe, for um, uh, putting a down payment on a building. But we hadn't even talked about building anything because we were getting smaller. But two and, a, two and a half years later, we started building a building. And it was uh, a great team of people that God had sent from all over uh, the United States, even, and the country, Eddie and Anne Renee. You know, sent from Brazil. Uh, Rod and Betty from Illinois. Uh, we, we just had a lot of people sent. And God has blessed us uh, tremendously here. We just needed a leader uh, to take us to the next level that was gifted for the next level. And so he was young, ambitious, and said, uh, you got the money. Let's build. We weren't sure if that was the right thing to do. So uh, Mike and I were kind of hesitant. And so we... We, uh, suddenly, they, the pastor, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist, got a new pastor. And he, he wanted to meet with uh, us, our leadership. And so Mike and I and Don met with, the, with this new pastor and his one elder. And he said, uh, this is a uh, Seventh-day Adventist, and I'd like to use the church seven days of the week. How quick can you get out? We said, well, you can use it seven days a week. We just want to use it for a few hours on uh, one of those days. And he said, well, how quick can you get out? We walked out of that, that meeting and said, I think that's our sign. <laughs> we told him it would be a, a year, and it was almost exactly a year. We worked very hard to build this building. We had gifted people that was sent here uh, to design it and lead the building project, and it all came together. It, it was amazing. Don had given us a desire to grow. And we wasn't sure how we were going to do it. And God had to send somebody from 
from Florida to take the baton, which was a symbolic pen that Jay passed on to Don to carry it on. We, since then, we've had uh, Jay and Andrea come to our, our celebrations. We've honored them, and we have a good working relationship with them uh, still to this day. So that is good. On September 28, 2006, we had our last service at the SDA, Seventh-day Adventist. Took a video of that one, too. I want to show you a little bit of what that looked like in that building. Now, this, the camera is at the back of the church, so that will give you an idea of how big it was. Eddie and Anne Renee up there. John Swartz on the drums. That's TC and Sarah uh, right there with their back towards us. They're married now. Pastor Don's going crazy over there in a white shirt, full of energy, ready to go. Got Sharon and Cindy, Rob up there too. wasn't a very big building, but it provided for us, gave us a place. But we were way past our 80% capacity on that building. I think we had 127 average. One, one month. Way to use the transparency. I always hate it when they, when they put it in upside down. All right, guys, that's, right. that's enough. You can stop it there. But I'll give you an idea of what was there. So we went from that service to the, the next Sunday. We started... At the seventh day event, or at uh, our new building, October, October eighth, two thousand six. You'll notice a lot of things happen in October, and that was the uh, the first time we ever used the building. We ever used our video instead of a transparency, uh, the sound equipment. Everything was the first time, and we had a our grand opening and ten year celebration all on the same day. And we weren't even sure if we were going to be able to finish the building. We were still working on it late at night because I mean, we had to put air conditioning ducts up because our air conditioning guys kind of fell through there at the end, and we, we had to end up doing a lot of the work and to get the, the permit just to have people here. And uh, CFC, they, they, everybody came over from CFC. We had a lot of people here. We actually had 464 people go through and get fed that day. It was a really 
great celebration. It was a new start for us, and we were very excited, and uh, it was a fresh start. It wasn't too long later, in you guess what month? October 2008, that we added these four modulars out here. Gold Lake didn't need them, and uh, we bought them off of them at a really good price, and uh, that gave us a little bit more room for Sunday school and nurseries. And so it's been really good. It was an exciting journey. That part of the, of the road, we started seeing things. It was nice not to have to have uh, meetings in homes. And, and uh, you know, every time you wanted to, to use the seven-day Adventist, you had to get charged for it. If we wanted to use the, the baptismal, we had to get charged for it. So uh, it was, it was uh, nice to have our own place to call home. Found out that Pastor Don was hearing uh, a lot of words in his life, personal words, about planting churches and apostolic ministries from people like David Oliver and Phil Wilthrow from uh, England, David Campbell, Greg Miller. It just A lot of things were spoken, and uh, we didn't know. It didn't make any sense to us how we would be planting churches in the future when uh, we couldn't see it, but God had, hadn't sent the right person. Brian Sneed is his son-in-law, and he came... Uh, his story of coming up from South Carolina is an incredible story, too. And uh, we didn't have the right people here. So we were praying about uh, someone to come along and help us in the area of, you know, getting more familiar with church planning, some of those kind of things. And so we were, we were in need. So we asked, uh, we left uh, Foundation Ministries in 2011. I asked to be left, uh, relieved of that. And so we started a search, and we started meeting with people like uh, David Campbell and, and started asking for uh, advice, counsel. Um, and we started two services in June of 2013. And so it's just been really busy. During this period of time, David Campbell had challenged us to pray about planting churches in, in a university town like Kalamazoo. And so we, we changed, challenged us to gather, he challenged us to gather young men together, so we did. And uh, for the first of the 2014, there were several young men that, that had approached us about wanting to be used more, use their horsepower, they said. And so it was uh, Matt Stutzman, Brian Sneed, Gabe Taylor, Tim Carpenter, and Rob Wilson had uh, started to come to our, our, uh, our meetings and we realized some had a little bit more horsepower than others, but it's not always the size that matters. Right, Matt? <laughs> but, you know, they asked if they could be used. And it's a lot different than uh, when I was at Locust Grove. I was with uh, a few young guys, and, and they, they had come to the elders and said, we want to be used or we're going to leave. And they said, okay, bye. You know, it was the wrong attitude. And uh, these guys said, we want to be used, and, and uh, you know, we'll take the vision that you guys have. We want to run with it. And uh, eventually, they, we started meeting with uh, New Frontiers out of Canada and uh, exploring options, going to conferences, and David Campbell was connected with that. And it was refreshing. They do church planning. They don't just talk about it. They actually do it. And they have all sorts of ideas. They're, Don got to go be at one over in Canada. And so it was really exciting. So we officially joined uh, New Frontiers in October of 2014. October, of course, 2014. Brian Sneed started searching for a new venue and, in Kalamazoo. 
because he wanted to go check it out. And, you know, Brian, he, he, he has the gift to be able to find anything. He, you know, he's, he's really got the gift of finding things. And uh, so he went and he found them. He, he found a place where they're at. They, they met this morning at the Alamo uh, Theater in Kalamazoo. And, and uh, they said, yeah. And they made a heck of a deal for us. But it wasn't until Brian and, and Gabe Taylor actually said, we are willing to carry the burden of leading a team that we said, okay, let's get real serious about this. Of course, they wanted to start like the next week, I think. <laughs> but we, we had to hold them back a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, Firm Foundation Ministries of Kalamazoo started uh, this morning. And so uh, let's just give God a, a praise offering for that. So we don't know uh, all the details, but God is, is working in there. 34 people committed to going up there, and, and a few more went this morning. And uh, we are in the process of seeing God move. Um, things aren't going to stand still in Centerville. We're, we still have plans. Uh, we're hoping to pay off our building this by Easter. It would be nice. 82,900s left. Uh, well, actually, it's probably less than that now. But uh, we're hoping to do that. And then we have some more building plans. Our building team's working on preliminary information for our next building phase. And uh, that will open up our sanctuary um, and also extend some offices and kitchen over in the other area uh, and give us uh, more classrooms. So, you know, to a, um, it's a $1.2 million project is what we're estimating. But uh, $750,000 seemed like a lot of money to 100 people. Well, we have a few more than that. And you know what? We have more room now. As you can see, we have more room because there was a few people gone. But uh, we need you to invite your friends and be a part of what God's doing here. See them get transformed. See them get saved. And, uh, you know, we, I love to, to do the baptisms. It's so much fun. Get to hear stories of, of changed lives. That's what it's all about. really is. We had... Um, we had 409 people here on Christmas, the Christmas program. We had one service. That's a lot of people. And uh, you know what? It's a, it's a real challenge. But we, uh, we want you to come join the vision of what God's doing and see changed lives like the McNulls. You know, God just continues to change uh, Nikki and, and, and John as they joined the uh, church up there in Kalamazoo. But God changed them. They, they committed their life to Christ, uh, and then they, their marriage got saved. Uh, he got a, a new job at Baroque Tool, and sh- they moved. Uh, they got Eddie and Ann Renee's house. They were living in that in Sturgis. Uh, they moved out of the uh, mobile boat home park over White Pigeon. And now they're going to the church up there. It's, been, it's just been really neat to see how God is moving in their lives. So in, uh, in closing, I just want to thought, I thought this would be a time of application. I know uh, we're uh, getting to the end. Oh, there's uh, Theater 10, Firm Foundation Ministries of Kalamazoo. Fresh start, smart goals. You got to be smart about your goals. And smart is uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound. So when you're setting a goal for yourself, uh, you know, make it realistic. Make it something that's specific, but it's, it's measurable. It's something that you can actually attain. I mean, don't say, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. I mean, that's, that's a dream. There's a difference between a dream and a goal. Now, it might be a goal for some people, but uh, uh, not for, for us. 
what we would like to do, though, is uh, really we would like to do a building project, where, it, but it's $2.5 million, and that adds a gymnasium and all that stuff. Uh, so if you have some rich relatives, have them will their personal belongings to us and, at, and when they pass away, or if they just want to donate uh, $2.5 million. I mean, that's small. $2.5 million. We can We can pay for that in cash and, and just tackle it really quick. That'd be great. I think, I think it's possible. I mean, I hear about people that have $100 million, you know. <laughs> What's two and a half? Um, so, anyway, make sure it's measurable, attainable. Uh, it relates to your life. Uh, and it's something that you can do within a certain time frame. I have to set goals at work for my team. We do it weekly. We do it quarterly. We do it yearly. And uh, you can set the new resolution. You know, a lot of people set new res- resolutions. And uh, I think, personally, it's probably when the most uh, workout equipment sold or, you know, yeah, purchased. And then in August, when the garage sale is up, that's when the most are sold. Uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. You've got to set a goal, but you've got to also have a plan. Uh, a friend of mine, we... we he set a lot of goals. He had a whole list of goals that he was going to do for the new year, and he didn't do any of them because there was too many. He wasn't focused. And so I would encourage you to set one. What's, what's the one goal? What's the one thing that God's laying on your heart? You might need some accountability on it, but what is that one thing? There's a lot of planning that's gone on here at Firm Foundation over the last 18 years, and uh, our finance team's done a great job. Uh, if we pay this off this year, I mean, we're, we're talking about 10 years early. That's amazing. I think the uh, finance team needs a round of applause. But they couldn't do it. They could not do it without your faithful giving. And so it's, it's amazing uh, the amount of money that uh, God has blessed our congregation with. So what is it? What is it that God wants to do in your life? What is the fresh start? Maybe the fresh start is coming here. Maybe you need to be refreshed. Maybe you're wore out. You're tired and you just need to take it in and just soak it up for a bit. Times of refreshing may come upon you. Don't believe the devil. Don't believe him in saying, uh, oh, it's too late for you. You know, you can't get a fresh start. Ah, don't listen to him. He's just a liar anyway. What's that one thing? What's that one goal that God's laid on your heart that you want to commit to Him? Anything's possible. Maybe you want to have another person walk with you in accountability and, hey, I want to get this done. Maybe you want to be a better husband. Well, you need to put on paper or in your mind what that looks like. Well, just ask your wife. She'll tell you what that looks like. Melody felt in the spirit that your work, that God was saying, your work will not be in vain if God is your focus. So let's make a fresh start in 2015. It's a great opportunity. I just felt it was important today to take the time to reflect on where we've been. 
I know it says, do not remember the former things, but behold, God's doing a new thing. But sometimes it's helpful to look back and say, hey, God, you have been with us all the way. And you continue to be with us. And boy, the outlook looks good. The world is getting ugly out there. How many of you know that? But we know that God is still on the throne because gas is $1.89 a gallon. Miracles still happen today, amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? We have a good God. He likes to change lives. He likes to transform lives and So I want you just to lift your hands and as if you're lifting that one goal that you have before the Lord and surrendering it to Him. And I'll pray. Father, today we set these goals and plans before you and we thank you that you've given us the wisdom and the audacity and the courage to complete them. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that you've laid on our hearts also the names of three people that we can, we can uh, go and witness to and pray for that they might get saved this year. Lord, give people a fresh start. May your presence come upon them in Jesus' name. Father, I just take in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit of heaviness and weariness in Jesus' name. That spirit of depression, I command you to leave the people of God right now. Father, in Jesus' name, downtrodden, hopelessness, and despair. You have to lift off the people here in Jesus' name. Father, give them hope. Give them a future. Set their their hearts ablaze and allow us to be that volcano and erupt and consume everything around us. We thank you, Father, for you are good. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Go be a volcano this week. Be fresh. Have a fresh start in 2015.